Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this evening is taken from our gospel reading from the 17th chapter of St. Luke with an emphasis on these words. Jesus said, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Well, hey, at least you have your health. These are words which many of us may have heard before, probably when things weren't exactly going our way. They're the kind of words that are usually spouted out indifferently from a well-meaning friend or neighbor who doesn't really have anything better to offer up when times are tough. They are, however, also the words which I feel perfectly encapsulate our shared experience with 2022. Despite the ebbing pandemic, statistics show that anxiety levels remain through the roof. People are struggling to reconnect with each other in school and in the workplace. Inflation is driving folks to make difficult financial decisions. Neighbor is being pitted against neighbor in an arena of frankly idolatrous and violent political division. Global leaders fight an uphill battle to curb carbon emissions with the poor and the vulnerable paying the price for indecision. And of course, the specter of war looms large as conflict in Eastern Europe continues to escalate. This last calendar year has presented us with so many trials that perhaps this evening you're, fine, you're struggling to find something to be thankful for as you gather around your Thanksgiving tables tomorrow. Maybe with all these things we listed just now, you might be positively thrilled to hear, well, hey, at least you have your health. But even then, for many of us, this may not be true. And even the youngest and the healthiest among us must acknowledge that this will not always be true. At which point we likely feel like responding to this platitude with a little bit of ingratitude. Yeah, thanks for nothing. It's this kind of response that I think many who read today's gospel lesson might have expected from the Samaritan leper who Jesus healed. Lord, thanks for nothing. Let me explain. Of the ten lepers who Jesus healed in the 17th chapter of Luke's gospel, this man alone was distinguished from the other nine by his ethnicity. He alone was pointed out as being not a Jew, but a Samaritan. For those of you not in the know, the Jews generally despised the Samaritans and looked down on them as a ritually unclean people. They did not associate with Samaritans, they did not talk to Samaritans, and if they passed a Samaritan on the way into the city, certainly they would turn a blind eye. The fact that Jesus, a Jew, would even acknowledge this man at all would have been quite unheard of. Nevertheless, when the lepers call out to him for healing, he does not begrudge this man alone among the nine of his healing. 
But with the other nine, he gives him what he asked for. He gives them no real outward sign, but instead Jesus issues a command. He says, go and show yourselves to the temple priests. Now for the nine Jewish lepers who followed his command and who saw that as they went into the city that they were healed, this must have been cause for much rejoicing. Physically cleansed, they could now walk into the temple, go to their priests, and be declared ritually clean and fit to re-enter society. But this would not have been true for the Samaritan. He would have likely gone to the temple, shown himself to the priest, and then be promptly shown the door, told to go back where he belongs, not with the Jewish people, but with the other Samaritans, those on the outside. Could not Jesus have done something about this, I wonder? Could he not, in his infinite power and authority, have cured this man of his Samaritanness? along with his leprosy? This man alone out of the ten would have had cause to grumble at Jesus' healing because for him, it would have meant insult and humiliation at the hands of a Jewish priest. But, despite this, it is this man alone out of the ten who sees his healing, who realizes what had been done to him and who turns around to give thanks, not at the temple, but to Jesus, to his great high priest. Thanks, I hear you ask? Well, thanks for what? After all, this man would someday become sick again. His body would still age and fail him. He would still die and enter an earthly grave, and in the meantime, he would have to spend his days living on the outside living as a Samaritan, rejected by the Jews, an outcast from his own covenantal faith. Thanks? Thanks for nothing. But this, we see, was not the man's reaction. When he saw that he was healed, the scripture says, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him the thanks. And it is here at this acknowledgement that we see Jesus, who turns to the leper, does a second unexpected thing. Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Did you notice that Jesus acknowledges the plight of the Samaritan, calling him foreigner? But then he does the unthinkable by pronouncing on this foreigner a second and greater healing, one that he and he alone out of the ten was privileged to receive. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Dear friends, I invite you to consider what is the wellness that comes from faith, if not the forgiveness of sins? As we have seen plainly, our faith does not make us immune to the woes of a fallen and sinful world. 
For we daily experience illness, uncertainty, persecution for the faith. But still, everyone who has ever called out to Christ in faith has been made well indeed by the word of his absolution. Furthermore, it was in this absolution, in this forgiveness of sins, that this wretched man, this foreigner, had to be thankful for. That the grace of God is so profound, his pity so unfathomable, that he would extend his word of highest blessing not only to the Jews, not only to the sons of Abraham, but also to Gentiles, to foreigners, to the most lowly and needy people on earth, to us. And so, I say to you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, not only this day, where we set aside a time to remember to say thanks, but every day, give thanks. Thanks for what? After all, even with your faith, do you not still fall ill? Are you not still struggling and fearful? Are we all not still destined for the grave? For what then do we, the people of today, offer up our prayers and thanksgiving for? Like the Samaritan leper, I encourage you, friends, to examine yourselves and see clearly the healing given you by your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For on Calvary's cross, Jesus bore all our infirmity, all our anxiety, all our sickness, all our sin, all our death in his body, and he crucified them along with himself, that they might have no lasting power over us. Though these things can and do struggle against us in this present age, seeking to undermine our faith, Christ has won for us an eternal blessing an eternal healing, which no trial or affliction could ever take away. See with your eyes the gifts of life which he gives freely this day also in this congregation. Hear again his word of absolution spoken to you. Feast at his table, where he offers up his body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Christ crucified has made you clean. He comes to you in his house, bearing his gifts, set aside to renew your vigor and to strengthen your faith. The healing he gives your souls this day will, on the last day, translate into a permanent healing over your body. For you will rise to newness of life, never to die again. Marvel that such profound grace and such unfathomable pity have transcended time and space to come to you here in this house of worship. Receive him and know that the very same forgiveness which was extended to lepers and to tax collectors, to prostitutes, Romans, and Samaritans is now in kind extended to you, a lost and condemned sinner. Therefore, lift up your hearts and voices in songs of thanksgiving and praise, for your forgiveness, life, and salvation rests not in any work of your hands, nor in any prayer of your lips, nor your citizenship, nor, for that matter, your blood. No, 
your life has been secured wholly by the blood of your Savior, which was poured out for you on Calvary's cross, a fragrant offering for all the wrong you have done. Bow down before the Lord God of heaven and earth, who has given such hope to mortal man that even when all seems hopeless, all kinds threaten and assail us, still he gives his people something to rejoice over, something to be thankful for, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.